Jeez Louise, I just got done with this conversation with Nick and Anna Hernandez, and we talk about infertility, fostering, adoption, their journey from having a 0% chance of having kids to having three kids. So it is an incredible story. I love them both, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, hello. I have Nick and Anna Hernandez. So Nick is my cousin. Um, His mom and my mom are sisters. And growing up, he was my, I had to walk from my elementary school to, which was Eisler Elementary. For those of you guys who guys live in Bakersfield or you know anything about the schools here in Kern County. And so next door was Chipman Junior High. So I used to have to walk next door to get to Nick and I used to call him Nicholas to get to Nicholas. And then he would walk me home to his house where we would. I feel like it was a farther walk than I thought, because thinking about it now, was it far? No, it wasn't very far. But I mean, back then it seemed really far. I'm like trying to remember. And then it was all fields. Yeah. So like he would take me, I don't know why it was my favorite because he would take me on weird adventures and we would play in the fields <laughs> like as if it was like, I don't know, <laughs> we would have, you had fun stuff like cap guns and all these things. Clearly I was a, a tomboy, so uh-huh. <laughs> we just, it was fun. And then Anna, um, I knew she was the one for my cousin. <laughs> I, I have to, because it was at my uncle Nick, Nick's dad's 50th, 50th? 50th, yeah. 50th birthday, birthday party. party. And he's like, hey, I want to introduce you. And so I walked up and Anna, she's dancing on the dance floor, you guys. <laughs> and she's literally like, hi, I'm Anna. And she stuck her hand out, but didn't stop dancing. And I was like, she's the one. And here you are. How long have you guys been married? Uh, we're going on eight years this year. Eight. Yeah. Oh, wait. You guys are right with us. You mm-hmm. got married in like October, November? November. November. You guys are June. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess starting there because, gosh, time just flies. When we celebrated our eight year anniversary, it was like, what the heck? And you guys, I forget how close in marriage we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got married the same year. Yeah. And you, so you guys, how did you guys meet? I can't remember. We met through mutual friends um, and I was working at at one of the local restaurants here in town and me and a friend of mine went and went there to have some drinks or something, have some dinner drinks after work. And I saw her there and he introduced me to her and pretty much that's where she caught my eye at first. And then afterwards, I think she hung out with us a couple times and afterwards like I would just kind of sneak in there and like go have a drink by myself or whatever and just kind of talk to her but actually we were you know we were friends for like a year you know and we would hang out or talk or text or you know just do things but we were just completely friends for like a year before she would even she would even like go out on a date with me and so you it, were obviously interested if you're going to the bar. And right. Yeah. Like, and then she knew hits. it too. <laughs> like she knew it too. And she yeah. was just like kind of standoffish, but she knew it, but you know, and we're all, we're both at different points of our lives, but you know, but I just, you know, me being the stubborn person, I just stuck in there and I would go and, and visit or do whatever. And we hung out for, like I said, for like a year until we finally like went on a date and yeah. it was pretty much history after that how long after 
Or how long were you guys kind of talking, dating when it was the birthday party? Um, was it a like month? soon? Oh, yeah, like it was a really month. soon. Yeah. Okay, because I was—I don't know—I just liked you right away. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we we pretty much is we pretty much knew each other for two years that before we got married. Yeah, yeah. So like we knew each other for a year, we dated for a year, and yeah. then we got married. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I just knew you were the one. I remember I was like, oh my, I don't know. I was just, you, you just have like a little sunshine. You're like a little ball of sun. Um, <laughs> I, I like it. Um, anyway, so eight years and then, so we're going to get into some nitty gritty today because your story is incredible and I've shared it with a few people just because of how absolutely remarkable it is crazy. and crazy that it's like. A novella, like, <laughs> like I know, right? And like a novella is a Mexican soap opera for those who goes who don't know, <laughs> and um, it is like, but it's so beautiful. I don't know how to even describe it. So, you're married, and then you guys started talking about maybe having a family, or like, what, what's how did this? Yeah, well, we, I think before we got married, we kind of just decided like that. Right after we got married, we wanted to have kids. Yeah, like we start always, a family right away. We always knew we, yeah, before we got married, we always knew we wanted a family. I mm -hmm. mean, Anna comes from a big family. I just have one other sibling, but I have, we have a big extended family, mm -hmm. you know, so we both come from big families. So yeah. kids were always definitely in the, you know, in the picture. So we talked about that a lot before we got married and I remember we had a conversation and Anna was like, yeah, you know, I want a minimum of five kids. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I was like, um, okay. Minimum. Yeah. How and many I was siblings like, do you have? Sorry. I have four sisters. Four. Oh, so there are five of you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So five that's, girls. Okay. Yeah. So and then I that was, freaked you out. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, um, two or three maybe, you know, but you know, so it, it, it started off as a conversation, but we always knew that we wanted a family even before we got married. Mm -hmm. And then did that happen right away? Did you guys like, no, no. So we, I guess we try, I, we started trying and then I just knew because that I was going to have issues with infertility. Like I just felt it in my heart. It was just weird. And I had told him about that. Um, even before, like it might not happen right away. One of my sisters also does. And so I just kind of have always had issues with that, like my whole life. And so, um, I was trying to have a baby, but just with like your women's cycles yes, and yeah, with all of that. And so all of that takes part in having a baby or getting pregnant. So, um, I guess I just kind of knew in my heart. And so I went right away to, um, an infertility specialist just after the first few times. Yeah, we tried um, for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we tried for... We tried for a few months. Yeah, six, eight months, I would say. We tried okay, yeah. and it just wasn't happening. And like she said, she would always tell me, I know there might be something wrong. And not only that, but, you know, Anna has, Anna has lupus. Okay. So she had other underlining factors too. You know what I mean? Not mm -hmm. just, you know other problems, but the lupus as well. So that's when we finally kind of talked and like, okay, let's, let's go see a fertility specialist and let's see what they have to say. And lupus is an autoimmune. Yes. So that obviously your body's inflamed and mm -hmm. when, so you had been dealing with lots of health issues at this time as well. Yes. And so then you kind of just knew in your heart, like, okay, something's up. I, yes. yeah. Okay. So when you went to the fertility specialist, what did that 
appointment look like? Were you nervous? Like I was, um, like I said, even though I just kind of already knew, uh, and thinking back, I'm just trying to think like what, what they even did. Like, I know it was like blood work and, and ultrasounds and all sorts of stuff. And it just kind of started from there. Um, we got married in 13 Mm -hmm. and I think it was probably like a little over a year of us seeing yeah, him. it was over maybe like a year and a half, but it was just appointment after appointment and, you know, you know, exam after exam and, you know, let's try this and let's try that. And, you Take know, they, these pills, yeah, try um, these pills, try this and try that. And, you know, they worked on Anna for, for almost a year, you um, know, and it finally, it was funny because, you know, I, I would always go to her appointments with her and they worked on her for a long time and, you know, ultrasounds and stuff. Then the doctor would say, you know, well, we see this and you have this wrong with you. And, and he's kind of sitting there and we're in the room and he's looking over Anna's chart. And then he looks over at me and he's like, have you ever been tested before? Like, you have you ever had um, a sperm count done? I was like, no. And he's like, well, let, let's test you. I was like, okay, that's fine. So we do the test and he were waiting in the waiting room because he was going to read us our results right there. And he's like, come here, come back to the back with me. And he takes me back in the back and he puts me in front of these two monitors and it's like a split screen. And he's like, you see the left side of the screen? I said, yeah. And he said, this is considered a low sperm count. And you know, you can see all the swimmers, see all the swimmers, you know what I mean? And he's like, you see the right side of the screen? I was like, yeah. He's like, tell me what you see. I was like, nothing. He's like, that's your sample. Wow. I'm like, and I was just like speechless, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so Hmm. I remember like walking out of that appointment, just feeling like horrible (laughs) because here we were, you know, working on Anna for an entire year when this whole time it was me too. Hmm. You know what I mean? So then that threw a wrench in the whole thing. So then that's when he's the one who first mentioned he took us like back into his office and said, um, like this is not going to happen, you know, pretty much. Yeah. And, um, in a very doctor nice way, I guess. And then he, um, just said, you know, maybe you guys can look into, um, adopting or getting a surrogate or doing something like that. So he wanted to try, um, in vitro in vitro mm-hmm. yeah he's like we can try in vitro and this and not only that is like medically anna had a couple of things wrong with her and she needed a couple procedures done mm. so he was like before we even start anything we have to do this procedure and then after that we can try in vitro or you know we can try a donor or we can you know we can try you know to collect one of her eggs and you know it was just a list of laundry list of things yeah after, you know, we found out with me and even if we, after we found out with me, he still put like he put me on medication to try and like up my sperm count. And yeah. we tried again for another couple months and still nothing. Mm-hmm. And so after that, that's when he basically laid out our options, you know, and it, <clears throat> excuse me, it was just, you know, months and months of 
just you need this, you need that. This is wrong. This is wrong. And the chances are slim to none. And and we just kind of we honestly just stopped going like cold turkey. Like we just had a conversation and we're just like we're, we're just tired. Like mm-hmm. we're done. Like let's just, you know. Honestly, let's just, we literally said, let's just leave this in God's hands, in God's hands. And if it happens, it happens. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. So. Like that's a gut punch. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah. It was a huge gut punch. Yeah. I'm surprised that it took them so long to have you give a sample. And, and I mean, it's just every doctor does different things, but a lot of like misconceptions is that it's always the woman and right. it's like that now there's more studies. It's actually very high that male sperm are not healthy or there's lower sperm count or motility or there's all of these various reasons why sperm may or may not make it. And um, obviously you guys know, but and I've mentioned it here before, but we've been struggling with infertility eight years now. So we um, it's like we didn't know all of this until you start digging into it. But it's crazy because I started looking into sperm health. And then obviously there's actually like even um, your egg health as well. There's so many things out there, but it's just shocking. So like if there's anyone who's out there listening, that's hoping maybe get both of you checked out. If that's something that your doctor just advocate for yourself. And so at this point, that's heartbreaking because regardless, like we leave it in God's hands, but that is at least for me, where were you guys in your marriage? Like how was your relationship at that time? Like, how were you guys doing? We were good. Yeah, we were, we were good. Um, and not only that, like, you know, he, he told me like, you know, and, and then he's asking me all these questions like, well, do you, have you ever had any injuries? You know, cause I played sports my whole life and I'm like, man, doc, like, uh, you know, I played sports my whole life. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I have multitude of injuries, you know, broken bones and everything else, but nothing that I can recall that was, you know, that tragic that would make me have a zero sperm count, you know? And, and then he hit me with, well, then if that's the case, basically you, you have two options, either, Number one, we have to do basically like an exploratory surgery to see if you have a blockage or option number two, you just don't produce like God put you on that earth and you that way, you know, you just don't produce sperm. So, you know, after that is when we had the conversation where we just kind of gave up and, you know, we were um, at that point, if it, if anything, it brought us closer together, you know, because we were dealing we're both dealing with this you know so um you know we just we just decided to leave it at that and and kind of move on you know well there's so many like emotions that come with that the guilt and the you know like like you said you're already like gosh i feel so bad anna was going through all this and it was also and it's like hard because I feel that way too sometimes. So I could imagine where we feel like it's our fault and it's not like we did something wrong. It's just a normal feeling where you, you hope for something so badly and you (laughs) sounds terrible, but you spend your whole life trying not to get pregnant. And then it's like all of a sudden we're ready and And you can't, it's not something you ever think about or plan for. Yeah. And I remember Anna, telling me one time you know she's like i just feel bad and i'm trying to like don't feel bad like you know this 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 is our life like 
you know, this is what happened. It's not nothing to feel bad about. And she's just like, you know, I, I can't give you a son to, you know, you know, play baseball with or anything. I'm like, don't, yeah. you know, that's not, don't even think about that. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, it's hard not to right. though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I, we're still there. It's hard not right. to, because you, you love somebody so much and you want to see what the heck you would make. Like, would they have your eyes? Would they have your personality or your laugh? Or like, who would they be? They'd be right. like, you know, you just, it's more than just like, oh, a kid. It's like the, you love that person so much. You want to. Oh, it's a part of you. Part of you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so like for you, Anna, like, so I, you guys gave up and you guys just never had kids. Like what happened? <laughs> like what, how did you guys, so you kind of gave up and you were just like, let's, let's give it on hold because that's. People who don't know, those pills are intense. Oh, it's horrible. Oh. The hormones, the heat flashes, the nausea, yeah. the headaches, so they the put, mood swings. Yeah. Oh, gosh. So, I remember and then they words. had us both on it at the same time. Mm-hmm. And he told me, he's like, I'm going I'm to put you on hormones and this and this and that. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> and like... you're peeing and crying everywhere. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, And it wasn't just like the mood swings, but I was just like... The biggest thing for me was the hot flashes and I regret it because, you know, my poor mother, bless her heart, when when she became of age and started having, you know, hot flashes and stuff like that, I would always you know, give her a hard time because we'd be sitting there. She's like, Oh my God, I'm burning up. I'm like, mom, relax. Like, you know, you're underneath a fan. And I started on those pills and I would literally be sitting next to a cooler and just start dripping sweat out of nowhere. I'm like, oh, I can't take this anymore. And he apologized to her. Yeah. Too. <laughs> and I, apologized. I was like, mom, I am so sorry. Like I totally feel, you know, and, and she laughed about it, but yeah, those things were intense. And for us to be on it at the same time, yeah. yeah, I didn't realize that they put you both on the same type, not the same, t- you know, or was it the same? It was no, it was the same was medication, the same. like Clomid, yeah, progesterone, yes. mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah, because we definitely, I mean, I, it was I was the one who was put on it, and I was only on it a couple cycles, and it just made me feel like crap, like mm-hmm. so sick, and I felt emotional, I felt gross, I just felt like sad and i don't know you're already sad and then it's like cool let's make you sadder yeah Yeah. (laughs) let's make you feel even more more emotions yeah um i'm gonna take a quick break because i feel like there's something wrong with the audio so just give me a quick second okay anyways so we're back i there were some technical difficulties with the wiring and i wasn't hearing audio so i had to make sure that it was working but anyways so we were just talking about the meds and how that affected you guys so obviously you guys didn't stop there so how did those conversations start up again and to end up where you guys are now i guess it's gonna have to be like three separate stories because yes. <laughs> spoil alert they have three babies yes. so i don't even want to tell the juicy details so um so you guys gave up yes hot flashes no more no more pills all that was stopped and then where did you guys start we just said you know we still want a family and so we gave up on trying to have 
a biological baby, but we still like wanted a family. We still wanted kids. So, um, we just thought about what he said, you know, and he just said, you know, you guys could adopt or whatever. And, um, that's just what we said. Okay, well let's, let's do that. Can I rewind for a sec? Did you guys tell family like how, when that you guys with your situation, when you guys were going through it and kind of what the doctor said about your chances not happening or was this something yes. you guys kept to yourself? No, we told our families, um, because like they knew, that we had been trying. And plus when you guys first get married, like that's the question everybody always asks mm-hmm. right away. It's like, you know, when are you guys going to have kids? And, um, I think we were always pretty open about it. Yeah. So what, how was that conversation with your families? It was, it was a normal, you know, our families are, they're really understanding, you Supportive know? So, and, yeah. And so mm-hmm. we just, you know, broke it down to them. They're like, Hey, you know, we're having trouble. We've been seeing some doctors mm-hmm. and, you know, we have a lot of things going on and, you know, we, we kept it pretty general and yeah, told them, you know, it's just not looking good for us. So we're just going to kind of give it a break, you know, right yeah. now. And so then when you guys started looking at other options, how yeah. did that, I feel like, where do you even begin and how did you start with that? We just started talking one day, like Anna said, you know, she probably was just lying in bed and she was like, remember when the doctor said, you know, about adopting? I was like, yeah. And she said, well, what do you think about it? And I said, you know, I don't know. You know, it's it's something we can look into. You know, it's something I wasn't completely opposed to, you know, but I, we knew nothing about, you know, the whole adoption process. So. Um, you know, Anna being Anna, you know, jumps on our computer and like, <laughs> you know, I have a five page document sitting by my lunch pail the next day, you know, How cute. <laughs> accurate review yeah. these documents, Yeah, review these documents, please sign and give them back to me by the end of the day. But no, um, <laughs> but so we just started t- kind of looking into it and, um, we talked about it more. It was just, you know, kind of a topic at first. And then we kind of started talking about it more and more um, as, you know, kind of month or two went on. And then we said, we just kind of came to a decision. I think Mm -hmm. Um, we said, okay, you know, and we talked really hard, like, you know, there's, there's obviously a lot of kids out there, you know, that, that need a forever home, you know, and I'm sure there's not, there's other people in our situation out there like that, you know, like us, and so I said, why not? You know, let's give it a try. What's what's the worst that can happen? Mm-hmm. You know, so then we kind of, you know, we kind of went to our parents, you know, and we told them, hey, you know, we're going to we're going to go through this this process, you know, and they were pretty much, you know, all for it. Yeah, everybody um, was. Everybody was, you know, nobody was really like, are you sure you want to, you know, they're like, hey, you know, if that's something you guys want to do, then go for it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're they they've always had our backs you know since day one a hundred percent yeah so Anna when you started looking like like I said where did you begin you literally just typed in adoption like or like what I did I looked into foster care um and adoption just like through the county um and then I signed us up for an orientation right away which is part of the process as well like you have to do um I believe it's like two orientations um one on adoption and one on foster care. And uh, so we did that and they kind of tell you during those orientations, like this is not an easy process. It's very emotional. And, and 
And so after they told us all of those things um, and how, you know, it's never permanent, you don't ever know through the county, you don't know if you're going to get to keep the child that they give you. It's just, it's such a long, crazy process. And um, we talked about that too. Like, are we ready for that? Or do we, do we want to do that and put ourselves through, I don't know, like all this potential hurt or do we, I started looking at private adoption. Um, I just started looking through everything and then we just yeah. landed on doing it through the county and said we can help another another child who who needs to be helped you know yeah so then once you got on that list the orientation then what happens so we went to orientation that kind of gave us you know the breakdown of everything what you needed to do this and this and that so then all the training started so then we had to go through you fill out this huge application we had a and it it was it's just paperwork after Mm -hmm. paperwork after paperwork and and we're talking background checks and you know they they basically they want to know your entire life you know and whether or not you know why you're doing this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know um do you have family already what's your household like what do you do for a living what you know i mean your entire life down to have you ever been you know a victim of a sexual assault you know i mean wow, like they yeah. want to know your entire life references references we had to get, yeah um, references. three references each you know and, and they had to send letters in about us to them um, and this is all part of them approving you to even foster or adopt. So yeah. they came to, um, they go to your house and they check everything. They make sure that your home is ready for, for you to be able to foster, to adopt. Um, yeah. It was, it took, we started the process in May of 15 and mm-hmm. we got approved in October, I believe. Beginning of October of 15. And that was with us doing like our training and everything like right away like i was yeah we were once we said like this is what we're doing i like signed us up for everything and i just wanted to get the process done like i was just so anxious to be done yeah Yeah. and it was weekends multiple weekends of training and we were there you know six eight hours at a time doing these trainings because everything you know everything's mandatory everything's step by step and if you don't complete one process you don't move on Mm -hmm. so what type of trainings like CPR or like more like behavior to do CPR training too. But, um, it's, it just walks you through the whole process, like, um, training as far as how you would handle a situation. Maybe if, um, like a lot of the older kids who are in foster care who come to your home, um, and trying to help them get situated in, with your family because some some people have families full families and they still foster and then here comes this child who's a complete outsider who's already been taken away from their parents or their family whoever it is that their caregivers were they get you know they get taken away they get put in this new place and a lot of times they don't adjust they don't know how to adjust so they kind of train you on how to help them um how to deal with their behaviors mm -hmm. you know different types of things like that so it was a whole entire spectrum of basically the whole entire process on how to deal with different situations because you have no clue what child no and and the Mm -hmm. way the county works is you to be licensed um you have to foster to adopt so when you fill in out your application you specifically put whether you just want to foster or you just want to adopt 
But to adopt, you have to foster first. You have okay. to foster to adopt. That's the way the process works. Okay. So that way, when we're all done with their training and all said and done, they do the entire home inspection. I mean, they comb through your entire house down to checking the, your water temperature. Mm-hmm. You know, your water temperature has to be a certain degree and they're checking every single cabinet. They make sure every single um, window opens and closes and locks correctly. Every door, if you have a pool, all your gates, all your um, um, fire alarms, um, everything. You have to have a fire extinguisher, first aid kit, you know, all this stuff. They they just they inspect your entire home to make you to make sure your home is ready. And on top of that. Um, they require you to have a certain amount of space for that child. So depending on the age of the child, um, you have to have like, let's say it was like um, zero to, I forget the age. I can't remember. Um, maybe three or maybe five. Zero to three or zero to five. They have to have their own room and their own dresser and their own space. Anybody five or above, you can bunk them up with other kids, you know? So like they, they inspect your entire home. So when you fill out whether or not you want to foster or adopt, like and in, in our instance, we wanted to adopt. So the reason why you do that is when, when you're all said and done and you're approved and they, and the social worker goes for placement, they're only going to stick a child with you. That's adoptable or potentially adoptable. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 So that's, that's how that process works. They're not just going to send you a child that, here, can you foster this child for a few months? Mm-hmm. No, because we specifically put we want to adopt, or even for a few days. You can be you can have an emer- you can be put down as um, an emergency placement home, um, and those kids you can get them in the middle of the night and literally only have them till the next day until they find a more permanent placement for them. Um, but there's just there's so many options. Okay, of like what you could of what you could be. And then here in Kern County, I don't know if it's for all places, but they, their main goal is for reunification. Yes. Yes. So that's a whole other aspect that I think that, um, obviously they train you for, I'm assuming during those trainings, during the trainings, they tell you over and over again that the county's number one goal is reunification. So it's, their goal is not to have for them to get you know, put that kid in a forever home with you. Their goal is to reunify them with their family because that's who they want their forever home to be with. So then how long after you guys got it approved and you were on, you get on a list? Um, or how so does that work? You would get, so then that's a separate thing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So um, you would get put on a list if you want a safe surrender baby. So a safe surrender baby would be um, a baby that you leave at the hospital uh, when they're born or at a fire station. Um, and that's basically a brand new newborn baby. They would give them to you. And then the biological parents have two weeks to go back and, and claim them pretty much. Um, and then if they did return during that time, then they would reunify that child with the family um, or with the parent. Uh, otherwise, then you, after those two weeks, like it's kind of case closed and then you get to adopt them. So that's like the easiest route. So you would get put on a list for a safe surrender baby. And those don't always happen. Um I don't even know what the statistic is here in Kern County mm, anymore. Um, I think the year we were doing it, there was eight 
surrender safe surrender babies mm-hmm. that year the year we got we got approved to um for placement i think there was eight safe surrender babies that year in kern county so you guys got on that list we, we were got, on that we list. Got on that list and we got on the list for adopt now also when when you're on the list to adopt you they really want you to be specific on what type of child that you want and i remember having a conversation with anna like uh, and it's broken down by sex it's broken down mm-hmm. by race it's broken down whether by age. by age it's broken down whether or not you you'll accept um a child with a disability mm-hmm. and it, i mean it's 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 really specific on what type of child you want and we're sitting there filling out this paperwork it's like you feel bad like there's so many kids out there like how am i going to be okay i only want a uh, male uh, hispanic uh clean bill of health like you know <laughs> i want a perfect child yeah yes. i want a perfect child please mm-hmm. you know yeah. deliver this child to me that's, you know yeah that's odd and so that would feel odd right and so but you also have to take into consideration when you're doing that what like you're you're choosing your family at that point and so you really have to take into consideration what can you guys handle what are you willing to do um so and you the really child's to, culture and yes. background like and, you want to make sure that you're you know respectful mm-hmm. of their background and knowing their culture so that you know identity man that's a lot I, that's a lot it's a lot to take in yeah and we were we were just like what do we do here? You know, yeah. and, and it's just a little checkbox and yeah, it's so impersonal, but it's literally, that's your, you're signing your up for your future or what your future could be. And, yeah. you know, we didn't really think about all that stuff until later on down the road. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't, all we thought about was just, okay, let's, let's put something, give me know, a baby, give me a baby, you know? <laughs> yeah. So we just put, you know, we'll take whatever, you know? And, um, it's funny because you know, later on we'll get to this, but we just, I think we, we marked, um, I don't know if we marked no disabilities or not at that time. I think it says like ambulatory or something. Ambulatory. Yes. We marked no ambulatory. So we marked that basically we, we wouldn't accept a, a child on a wheelchair okay, or, yeah. or with severe, um, ha- a severe handicap. You know, but at the time, I think we just didn't feel like we were yeah, prepared. We were ready for that. You were equipped yeah. or prepared mm-hmm. and yeah. training. There's yeah. a lot that yeah. goes into that. We just weren't ready for that. Mm-hmm. And we even felt guilty for putting that, you know, I could imagine. But we just we left it at that. We we're open to anything else. So, yeah, we were, after we got done, we finally got approved and everything. And we got done right at the about the beginning of October in mm-hmm. 2015. And then. And then, and then I'll never forget. So I was, <laughs> I was coaching high school football at the time and I was at practice and right in the middle of practice. And it was October 28th and my cell phone's ringing and I'm ignoring it. And it's ringing for like the third time. And I, I, I look at my phone and it's Anna and she's like blowing up my phone. I'm like, what the hell? So I step away from practice and I answer my phone and she knows I'm at practice, but I'm so, I'm so into, you know, what I'm doing at the time. I'm just not even realizing it. And I answer my phone. I was like, Hey, what's wrong? And she's like, I am freaking out. I'm like, what? what's wrong? What's going on? She's like, I just got a call from the County. 
And I was like, what? And they're like, yeah, they said they have a baby for us. Wait, uh, you just finished your paperwork in October? In the beginning of yeah, October. The beginning of October. So October 28th. Okay. October 28th is when we get this phone call. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, are you serious? And she's like, yeah, they said they have this baby um, that they said is potentially adoptable. And all I know, all they told me was like, is it's a boy and, and he's six weeks old and he's been in an emergency home for. He had been there for the last three weeks. For the last three weeks. And for the county, a baby can only be in an emergency home for a total of four weeks. So they were needing placement for him because he was running out of time in the emergency home. So they called us and she's like, what do I do? I'm like, I, I don't know. And but I can't make a decision no. ever. So like I Anna, needed him Anna to. Calls, okay. Keep in mind, this is a woman that calls me five times when she's at the store. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> she doesn't know what to make for dinner. <laughs> Do you want chiladas? So, yeah. Do we want yeah, exactly. pizza? <laughs> exactly. So uh, she's like, what do we do? I'm like, I don't know what else did they say. She's like, that's literally all they told me. Oh they told me God. to call me back. She's like, she, she said, I gotta ask my husband, hold on. I'll call you right back. So that's why she was blowing up my cell phone when I'm at practice. And I was like, I don't know, babe, like this is our, we have, we're clueless. This is our first time doing this. Just tell him, yes, you know, like let's, let's go for it. This is what we signed up for. Right. You know? And oh she's like, gosh. okay. So she calls him back and she said, yeah, we'll, we'll take him. And they're like, okay, meet us at, um, department of human services tomorrow <sighs> afternoon. Um, you'll meet the social worker there and the emergency, um, foster home is going to bring him. We're like, okay. So there we go. October 29th. Did you guys even sleep? No, no, no not at all. You, we were, we had like a room prepared, but you don't know what you're going to get. Like, you don't know, are you going to get a three-year-old? I think what we put was like zero to three. Okay. So So we knew it would be a baby, but we just didn't know the age. age So we had a room prepared. We had a crib. Yes. We had dressers, you know, we had a room decorated and painted. Would they make you have clothes? You have to have a certain amount of clothes and diapers and wipes and bottles and toys. And so the County makes you have all this before they even approve you. So that when that child gets there, they have they're ready to go. Right. Right. So we ended up, um, he came home and we ran to Babies R Us and we were like Googling, like, what does, you know, a six, I think he was five weeks old at the time. And, it was five weeks, yeah. Yeah. And and so, we like Googled, like, what size diaper does a five week old wear? Um, and like the clothes, because we didn't have any kids at the time, so we didn't know. So there we go to to Babies R Us to buy stuff for him. And, um, and he was with you? No, no. we didn't. We oh, haven't seen just, him yet. I came home from practice. And then oh this is gosh. October 28th. Yes. Yeah, I okay, came okay, home for practice sense. and then oh we went and gosh. did this because we were like, okay, we, we like, well, here comes stuff. this baby. So that's when we're like, okay, maybe we need to buy, you know, bigger diapers or, you know, whatever we need to do. So we went into the store and grabbed a couple more things that we didn't already have to kind of try to be prepared. So, and then we just went to our parents that night and like, gave them both like a little gift type thing. Like we gave, I think your parents like a onesie and then my parents a, a different, like a shirt um, just to tell them like, we're going to get a boy the next day, you know? Oh my gosh. So, okay. I'm going to rewind. Did somebody have a dream or something? Nick yes. did. Is that too personal? No. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> so yeah. So let's rewind 
maybe like a year. So I would, when we were still going to the doctor and the infertility specialist and all that stuff, I kept having like this really vivid dream about this baby. And I would wake up and I'd tell Anna, I was like, I keep I'm, I'm having this dream about this baby. And the dream was kind of fuzzy, but I can clearly picture like a face, but the head was like, I mean, the body was really fuzzy, but I said, this baby is really light skinned, really light hair, um, you know, brown eyes and just chunky, you know, and and she's like, oh, OK. And she just kind of shrugged it off. Well, over this over this span of like this year, I probably had this dream about four times about this same baby. Right. And I and I would tell her each time I had a, that stupid dream about that baby again. She's and we just kind of we would laugh it off. You know what I mean? And then um, so fast forward now to present day October or 29th. October 29th. Here we go. We get ready and we get our car seat and we get everything ready and we drive to Department of Universal Services and we're waiting there in the lobby like anxiously and the <clears throat> the um, social worker comes out and she's like, OK, and she starts having us fill out all this paperwork. So Anna starts filling out the paperwork and I'm just kind of sitting there and I'm kind of I keep looking over at the door and then and. And walks this lady holding this baby and this baby's like wrapped up in this blanket, you know, and she comes over and she kind of like sits down like, I don't know, like five seats away from me. And I don't really know what to say. I don't even know if that's the baby at this point. I'm just kind of sitting there. And then um, the social worker or she gets up and goes and tells the social worker like, hey, I'm here. And then I realize like. Oh my God, that's, that's her, that's him, you know, but I still can't see the baby. And then Anna's still filling out paperwork and she comes over to me and she hands me this baby. And like, I'm looking at it and like my heart just sank. And I was like, Oh my God. And then Anna comes over, she's doing her paperwork and, you know, we're obviously like looking at the baby and do whatever. And I tell Anna, I was like, it's him. Oh my gosh. And she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, it's him. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it's the baby in my dreams. Oh my gosh. That yeah. makes you want to cry. <laughs> I start bawling. Yeah. It's fine. I do it all the time. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's, it's the baby. Yeah. And she's like, are you kidding me? I was like, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm like dead serious. I was like, it's his face, you know? And she's like, oh, and so we're just uh, like, yeah, you know, kind of struck at this time you know so you bring this kid home and you're first of all like car seat you put the kid well, in like he well, was just, way bigger than we yeah. thought he was gonna be he's a huge boy so our first trip was to target so that we could get bigger clothes because yeah. what <laughs> so google the told us was not yeah the t caretaker came with literally just a grocery bag because mm -hmm. all she got him with was like a couple t-shirts and a blanket mm -hmm. and a bottle. Mm -hmm. So she's like, this is what he came with. And, and here's this huge baby. And I <laughs> asked her like, what size like clothes is he wearing? And keep in mind, this baby's five weeks old. And she's like, he was wearing six to nine months. He's wearing <gasps> six to nine month clothing. He's and we're in like a size three diaper. 
Oh, yes. It was a size three. Yeah, like a size three diaper. And we're like, uh, we don't have that close. Yeah, we don't have (laughs) that. We didn't buy that stuff yesterday. So we literally like finish the paperwork, put them in the car seat. We go to the car. (laughs) And our family was all waiting for us at our house for whenever we got home with him. And so we had to call them and say like, hey, we have to stop at Target really quick (laughs) to get some more things for the baby. Like we're just going to run a little bit late. So that was our first stop um, was going to Target to get him things that actually fit him. Um, Which is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. He was a big boy. (laughs) Yeah. He's still a really big boy. But um, yeah. And then we just went home and he got to meet all of our family. And when we walked in, I think everybody expected to see this tiny little five week old baby. And he's here's this big old Bubba. And they were like, he's not five weeks old. Um, But (laughs) yeah, we that day was surreal. Yeah. It was really real. So then you guys like, okay, everyone goes home and it's you and this new kid and you're, how was the first night? Did he sleep? Was he crying? Like what? Oh, he did. He was like, he's just always been perfect. Um, it was just, it was, I think he just adapted so easily and, um, he, he didn't cry like the whole day he just was perfect. And then even like that night, like it was just more like Nick and I just staring at him. Like we just couldn't believe that we had a baby at home with us. Um, yeah, she even asked me, I was like, is he going to cry? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Cause he was just like, yeah. He I was... think he was just kind of taking it all in too. Um, I don't know. It was just the, the, just the whole experience like was, was crazy. And like, like Nick mentioned, like with his dream and stuff, like, I just feel like, I know that he was supposed to be ours and I feel like him being with us that day, like he was just taking everything in because he was just staring at everybody, like looking at everybody and everybody was holding him and stuff. And he would just kind of look at them like, okay, like, hi, nice to meet you. You know, like it it just, it was not your, obviously it's not your typical day. Yeah. But it was just a really crazy day, really crazy feeling going from the night before not having anybody at home with us and then the next day it was like boom here's this baby um you're gonna take care of him from here on out yeah oh my gosh so then obviously things went perfect and you adopted him and that was it no No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we wish it was that easy oh my gosh Um, so then we found out that um he had four other siblings who had been adopted out, which is actually one of the things that they did tell me whenever they called me. And and so that was one of the reasons why we said, okay, yes, let's take him. Because if, if a child has other siblings that have been adopted out, the, the chances of that one also being adopted is way higher. So then we found out that the four siblings that he, that he has, um, they were adopted by his grandma who lived in Texas. So then they said, you know, that that's a possibility is she might apply. And like you said, reunification with the, with their biological family is number one. So um, that was just kind of one of the things that was on the back burner for a little bit. An aunt ended up applying for him. So that was phone call number one um, on the dad's on the biological dad side. So she applied for him. And then about a couple weeks later, then we get a call that the grandma had also applied for him. So at this point we have two separate families that want him who are his biological family. And we're like, that's it. Like there's, we're not going to get to keep him. They're going to give him to 
one of his biological families. Like, and so we're heartbroken. Like, I'm just thinking to myself, like, how are they going to take my son from me? Like, it was just the worst thing ever. And, um, I, I think we just kind of gave ourselves a day or two. Like every time we would get a bad phone call, like we would just give ourselves like a day or two to, to be sad about it. And then after that, we were just, we would just kind of say like, okay, like it's time to be positive again and not be so negative and not say that they're going to take him. Um, and just try not to think that way. But, um, what ended up happening is the aunt who had applied for him. Um, we ended up meeting her. She had a visit with him. We met her and we, then she called the social worker and asked for the social worker to call us and tell us like that she wanted to meet with us again. So we met with her and she told us that she like knew in her heart that he belonged to us. And she pulled her application and she said, you know, she still wanted to be a part of his life, but she just knew that he was supposed to be with us. So then she pulled his application. And at that point it was only the grandma who we had to worry about. Um, and that process took nine months, I believe like nine or 10 months to find out whether she was going to be approved or not. Um, to take him. So for nine months, you were, well, had a question mark over your heads. Yes. Oh, longer than that. Well, because oh my gosh. Keep, let's rewind. Before the aunt and the grandmother, the biological parents were still in the picture. Yes. So they were still trying to offer the biological parents renunification services. So the way the county works is that like everything's six months out. So when you have a court date and let's say something wasn't filed on time or wasn't filed properly, six months out is another court date. And then once you have that court date, let's say it's preliminary hearing, six months out is another court date, six months out is another court date. So nothing ever goes in a timely fashion when it comes to court. So at that point before the aunt and before the grandma, the biological parents were still going to court because they were still getting reunification services. So this court was still giving them an opportunity to get him back. The courts were still telling them, you got to do X, Y, Z, this class, this class, this class, to even to have an opportunity to get him back. So we must have went to court for maybe almost a year just with the biological parents. Mm -hmm. Okay. Before, before they even terminated their rights, because they obviously didn't do what they were supposed to do. And they both, you know, they both had their own issues so we were in and out of court just with them for almost a year before they terminated the rights. Right before the end of that year, that's when the aunt came forward. And that's <gasps> when the grandma came forward. Oh, um, so you guys so thought we already, you were over it and then right. more people came. And then more because there's a department within wow. the human services called family reunification and their sole family findings. Family findings, I'm sorry. Their sole purpose is to find family that's wow. out there that can potentially take him. So they'll reach out to aunts and uncles and grandmas and grandpas and say, Hey, you have this family member in the system. Could you potentially take him? And people will say yes or no. So that's how they found the aunt. And that's how they found the biological grandma. So almost at the end of this 12 months of going back and forth to court for the biological parents, that's when that department called us and said, hey, we found a biological aunt and we found a biological grandma and we reached out to them and they're both going to submit applications for for possible placement for him. 
So here we are already a year in. He's your child. Yeah, exactly. Here's this, here's this thing that you want, you've wanted more than anything in life for so long. And he's with you day in and day out 24 seven. And you're basically raising this child. You've, you've, you know, you've had his first birthday with him. You do him his first birthday, you know, and then here comes these other people, you know, that potentially want him. And then that's where we get to where Anna said, you know, we had a visit with the aunt and we met with her. She, she met with the baby by herself because they get an hour visit by herself and me and her are just in the parking lot you know of the human services parking lot you know in tears Mm. thinking about the future of our son you know and here's here we have to drop our child off with this stranger we don't even know for an hour that we can't be next to you know and so so many different emotions and just a huge emotional roller coaster that the visits i mean he had visits with his biological parents in the beginning too before they kind of fell off and stopped coming around um he had those visits too and i mean dropping them off for those visits were horrible um right so then like anna said we met after she heard the biological aunt had the had the visit, she called and wanted to meet with us again. So we met with her and she talked to us. And, and you know, the very first visit that she had, we're sitting in the parking lot and we're just talking. And and I told Anna, I'm going to I'm going to tell her something. And she's like, what do you mean you're going to tell her something? I'm like, I'm just going to tell her something. And she's like, don't say I'm like, Anna, just just trust me, you know. So we go in there after the hour visit was up and then and I we introduce ourselves and Anna takes the baby and she's literally like standing behind me in tears holding the baby. And I tell her, I was like, listen, you know, I just want you to know that, you know, you and I are here for the same purpose. We want this child to have a good life. We're not here for any other reason other than to bring this child up and let him have any other opportunity that any other child should have. We're doing this because, you know, my wife and I couldn't conceive kids on our own. So we went this route, you know, so I just want you to know we're not bad people. We're not doing this for money or anything else. And we just doing this because this is what we want in our lives. And she was kind of she accepted it, but she was kind of standoffish a little bit. And she's like, I understand. But, you know, that's family. You know, he's my blood and this and this and that. And we take care of our own. And I was like, I understand. And I totally respect that. I'm just letting you know where I'm coming from, too. And she said, "Okay." so we parted ways. And then that's when she ended up calling the apartment back and asking to meet with us again. Mm -hmm. And we sat down and she she that's when she told us, she's like, look, I went to that visit and I put in an application because I I felt guilty and I couldn't see my own blood out there being in this foster system because, you know, everybody, everybody has different opinions about the foster system and whether or not the intentions of the person doing the fostering are good or not. You know, the, the rumors are out there. So she said, I, I wanted to come see him because I wanted to see where he was at. I wanted to see you guys. I wanted to see what kind of shape he was in because I would hate to see, you know, my nephew out there in a bad situation. He was already in a bad situation to begin with, got taken out. I didn't want to see him in another one, you know, and she's like, and I, and you give him to me 
and he's and you have to know Anna, but and he's dressed up in these cute little jeans and he's got little toms on <laughs> and his little cute little shirt. And, you know, and he smells good. And she's like, I knew right away that this baby is spoiled and he's being taken care of. You know, she's like, so I just want you to know. She told us, like, I'm going to pull my application because I, you know, she's like, I knew from the right from right off the bat that that baby belongs with you guys. Mm. And she's like, I am not currently in and, you know, in the right point in my life to take him on. So, you know, that's why I wanted to come, you know, assess the situation and see where he was yeah. at. That's a good and she's being a good aunt. Right. You know, and that's so hard. That's what's so gut wrenching is, like you said, it, you're both there for the right, same reasons to look after the baby. And so obviously the grandma is still in the picture. Um, and you mentioned earlier nine months. So you're talking Almost two years before he was yours. It took two and a, two half, and a half years. Two and a half years. Before we went to our final court date. Right around two years, the two year mark is when, you know, the, so they had to go and assess the grandma in Texas. So they had to go make sure her household was up to par and this and this and that. So right around the two and some change mark, we get that phone call from the department and they said, hey, listen, the grandma wasn't approved. And they said, we've exhausted everything, mm -hmm. you know. And so we're going to move on with court and we're going to set an adoption date. Oh my and gosh. then at that point, the biological mom appealed it. So then that oh pushed it back gosh. even longer. So, yeah, in total, it was two and a half two years and a half after years. the appeals and after having to wait for um, the approvals of of everything else. I remember that adoption day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, it just like, I don't know. It just, yeah. so two and a half such years, a long road two and a half, for you yes. guys. Long. He was like our, he was my cousin, yeah. like, you know, so, and he was your ch child. So yeah. like to think of him not being there was like, yeah, sad. Like, mm -hmm. it's just like, you, you got know, used to the, him, the, you know. The two and a half years of the emotional roller coaster and then not knowing and all that stuff, all those hours of training and all they tell you will could not prepare us of no. what we went through for two and a no. half years. No. Man, I can I don't think anything ever can. And so baby number two. So <laughs> then you guys were on the safe surrender list. Yes. We're on the safe surrender list. I am at, it's during my first week of teaching. I had just became a teacher um, and I was in a training and I see like the county was calling me. And prior to this, um, we had said no to a bunch of phone calls for placement because like I was in school and then I, I was going to start teaching and stuff. And um, so we just said no to fostering. And then for whatever reason, something in my gut just kind of told me just go outside and take this call. So I step outside, I take the call and I know it's from the county, but I'm like, eh, let me just see what, like what they're going to call me about. Yeah. So um, then they call me to say that uh, there was a baby girl who had been surrendered the, that day. Um, she had been born that day and just asked if, if we could, if we wanted to take her. And I'm like, what do we do? Like, I just started working. I can't take time off to be with her. Like, cause I did, I took time off with, with Bubba. So I got to have all that time with him and do, 
the holding and and bond. And so I just felt like, how are we going to take this baby girl and me not be able to take time off work? He wasn't able to take time off work at the time. And I just didn't feel like it was fair. Um, and so then I call Nick again and I'm like, Obviously. what do we do? <laughs> what, what, what are we going to do? And so he's like, well, I don't know. What do you think? And I'm like, don't ask me that. Like, you, you know, what, what are we doing? Like, I needed mm-hmm. him to tell me what, you know, what we were going to do. Um, and like I said, we had said, it's not fair that we can't spend time with her and stuff. And And I don't know what I was thinking. I just, I told Nick, I'm like, this is not the time. Like, this is the worst time that they could have called us to give us another baby. Like we're not, we're not ready for this. Um, and so I said, I had to go back into my training. I gave him the lady's number and I said, can you call her? And just like, we said, no. So we, he called her back and I go back into my training and I'm just sitting there and the lady sounds like, wah, 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 wah. like yeah. I can't even process anything that the person training us is saying. Cause I'm just thinking about the baby and like, do we do it? Do we not? And I had just told Nick, no, but I'm just sitting there and I'm like, this is a safe surrender. Like this is like a one in, that's not one in a million, but it is like one in a million that you get that phone call and that they say we have a safe surrender baby for you. Um, and I know that he's on the phone with this lady already telling her no. And I'm like calling him over and over again. And I like run outside, I call him and I'm like trying to tell him like, say, say yes, like say yes, we're going to take her. And he's not answering his phone. So I'm calling him over and over again. He won't answer. I'm sending a bunch of text messages. I'm like, say yes, say yes. Like we can figure this out. Like just say yes. Like we, we need to do this. And he's not answering me. And I'm in tears in this training thinking like, that's it. Like we just said no. And they're going to give this baby to somebody else. Like they're going to call the next person on the list. And he wasn't answering. So I'm just sitting in my training, like bawling my eyes out. And they're just looking at me like, what is happening? And I'm like, just a hot mess. So finally, Nick calls me back. I run outside and um, he tells her no. And she's explaining to him like, well, you know, you guys have been on the list for two years. This is kind of like, this is your, this was your phone call. This basically saying like, this is kind of, this is it. And, um, then he must've gotten all of my text messages and everything. And he was like, Hey, my wife just texted me. She said, never mind. <laughs> she, she changed her mind. She said, yeah. Yeah. So I called her right back. I was like, um, did you call the next person yet? They're like, no. I was like, okay, we'll take her. We'll take her. And they're like, are you sure? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like, well, sure. We'll make us figure it out. And, and I told Nana, I was like, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll make it work. Oh you know what I mean? Gosh, Cause like yeah. you said, we will never get this phone call again, you know? Yeah. So we'll just, we'll figure it out. And that was supposed to be like, after having experienced what we experienced with, well, we were still experiencing it because when we got her, um, his adoption was not final yet. So we oh like, this is all happening with him. And, I'm thinking I don't want to experience that all over again. And if taking a safe surrender is supposed to be the easiest route for us to have another baby, like we just need to figure it out. We need to do this now. So, um, so we said yes. And we went to Memorial hospital the next morning to go pick her up. Oh my gosh. And then that was smooth. That was smooth sailing too. It was perfect. (laughs) Flashback. No flashback to this one. Okay. Baby number two. Well, we're in the process with with Bubba. I was having another dream. Oh my gosh. Okay. And I told Anna, 
I'm having this dream about this little girl. Oh my god. She gosh. looks like Moana. I said she looks like Moana. I didn't know this. Yes. I said she looks like Moana. I said she has this like super dark curly hair and she's got a you know this chunky cheeks and these in you know, the little slanted eyes and she's like dark toned I don't know what And I would tell him it. like you're dreaming of Penelope yeah, like my niece. It looks yeah. like she's Penelope. Like, she's like you dream about Penelope I'm like it's not Penelope. It's another baby. And she's like, no, you're not. And I had this one, like, I think two times. Yeah, two yeah you did. Times. So then fast forward to the phone call. Right. And then they're like, OK, if you want her, she's being discharged. She was born this morning. Right. That's the morning. They, the day, oh the, the day they called us, she was born that morning and she was surrendered that morning at the hospital. Right. So they said she's being discharged tomorrow morning. If you want her show up to the hospital, they'll have all the paperwork and. And you can take her home and the department would be contacting you for anything else further. Well, okay. So there we go to the hospital the next morning or after, I think yeah, the, the afternoon, next, the next, yeah, the next the morning, next afternoon. And we walk up to, you know, the, the baby, I don't want to say baby section. That's not it. The, like the baby ward. <laughs> yeah. The baby ward. And we go to the front desk and we're like, we're here to pick up a baby. And they're like, Oh yeah, come with us. So like they, so they take us back in, into a, into a room. And it's funny because like the room was kind of dark. The nurse was sitting in the, the corner. The nurse was sitting in the corner feeding the baby. And so we kind of walk in and she was far away. I couldn't see the baby because she was all wrapped up and getting fed. And we kind of walk closer and closer and, and we sit down and she's like here. And so like she hands, I think she, she answered hands, to me. She hands Anna the baby. And I'm like, like deja vu. I'm like, it's My here's freaking little Moana. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, I was like, there it is again. Oh, you know, gosh. and there she was and she was perfect and beautiful. And and the, they were telling us the story. The nurse is like, yeah, we, whenever this happens, somebody has to be with her all night long, you know, basically because there's not a mother here. Oh so, gosh. you know, it's it was cool because they got and I got to get the whole experience. They put Anna in a wheelchair. Yeah, they wheeled me out and with they her. wheeled her out with her out of the hospital. And, and so people, I mean, people don't know, like they just handed you that baby, you know, so there's people like in the waiting room. They're like, oh, congratulations. I'm like, oh, thank you. Like it was just a different experience because we went and picked up Bubba from the Department of Human Services on California. And, and it, it was a very as as like amazing as it was. It was also very impersonal because, like you said, like that she handed him the baby and I was signing paperwork and I'm like, wait a minute, can you guys give me a second to like process? To meet my, yeah. The process is to meet my son. Like, because to me it wasn't, I wasn't just fostering him. Like this was supposed to be my forever. And I wanted a different moment with him. Um, but they're just like, here, sign here, sign this X, sign here, blah, blah, blah. And, and so with her, it was completely different because we walked into the hospital and we got to see her like that. They wheeled me out and it was just completely different experience and it was perfect and that was it that was the end no <laughs> like everything yeah so then we go home because it's supposed to be 14 days yeah so yes. then we go home with this newborn baby and we have a year and a half year old at home but was about a year and a half right oh no he was about to be two he was about to be two mm -hmm. yeah so we go home with the new baby i think it was around day 10 that they called us and said um her biological father had come forward and had said, Hey, I think this little girl is mine. 
so then they said, you know, you guys go take her to do a DNA test and everything. Oh and gosh. so then we took her. It was positive. It was him. Um, so then at that point, she wasn't considered a safe surrender anymore. Then it became the process all over again. Um, and then they offered him reunification services and everything. So hers, even though we had like that hiccup, it was still way easier than Bubba's because at that point he didn't, her, her biological father didn't want her. He just wanted to know if he had if her, he, yeah, if, if she was okay. his. So, um, he never attended court. He didn't do anything for the reunification services. So at the end of the six months that they had given him, and because he didn't do anything, that was it. They terminated his rights. He didn't appeal it like the way that um, Bubba's family did. So within a year, at, at a year was when we um, adopted her. Oh my gosh. So then you have two babies. And then you had another dream or uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't have another dream. So. I mentioned there was a third child. Yeah, I didn't have another dream. Two so. weeks before her adoption, um, well, rewind, I guess. I was, it was, this is summertime and I just was so sick. Um, I was nauseous. I had all the aches and I was so tired and I thought I was having a flare. I thought I was having a lupus flare because I was just super, super tired. And that's normally how I'll get. So it wasn't anything out of the normal, except for the fact that I was so nauseous and I was cramping. And, um, so I went to my doctor. She kept telling me, I got this cramp in my side and my side hurts. And I, and you know, I don't know how stubborn she can be. No, not my wife, but yeah. And I kept telling her, you're probably having a flare. Go see the doctor, go see the doctor. And I bugged her for like two weeks to go see the doctor until she finally made an appointment. And I went because we were going to go back to school, work was going to start back up. I'm like, I can't be feeling okay, like so this. around the school year, every time. Uh, Pretty no, much. Just with, just with Natalia. Just well, with, okay. Yeah. yeah. And so, the, um, so I go to the doctor then the doctor doesn't think to run a pregnancy test or anything just automatically because I mean, he knows your life. Yeah, exactly. Um, so they start looking into other things. I do blood work. I do all sorts of stuff. Um, and then they want me to go do an ultrasound on my uterus because they think like I could have either, um, they thought maybe it was a cyst or something that and, was causing the pain. Yeah. That side. was causing me to have pain, um, or some kind of mass or something. So I go by myself because it was just going to be an ultrasound. I go to an ultrasound and, um, the girls asking me, all sorts of questions and saying like, Oh, you know, have you ever had kids before and everything? And I said, well, though I have two kids, but just not biologically. And she, she's just asking me questions. I think just because to kill time, because she has to sit there and, you know, wiggle something over my stomach for an hour. So she's, we're just con having a conversation and she's like, then she, uh, like the more that she did, like she just kept asking more questions and was like, well, what do you mean you guys can't have kids? And I'm like, mm, well, then I get to give her like our whole rundown and say everything. And um, she's like, oh, OK. And she's just quiet from like there on out. And so she's taking forever to do the ultrasound. I'm like, she found something like I'm going to die walking out of here. Yeah. Like something's, something's happening. Like yeah. I just knew something wasn't um, something wasn't OK. And 
she so she took forever to do the ultrasound. Um, and normally like they tell you to leave and that your doctor is going to give you results or whatever. And she just said like, okay, well go ahead and, um, change. And then I'm going to need you to come back in here. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was freaking out. Um, I was just thinking the worst and I go change. I come back in and she comes back in too. And she's like, okay, well, um, you know, we already called your doctor and uh, let them know everything that's going on, but I need to let you know that you're pregnant. And I was like, what? She goes, yeah, you're pregnant. And I go, oh no, like I, no, I, I can't be pregnant. And she goes, no, honey, you're pregnant. And I said, no, um, you know, I like, I just told you everything. Like I can't, I can't get pregnant and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, she's like laughing and smiling. Like it was yeah. probably like the best news she could give somebody, you Ever. know? And she's like, no, honey, you're pregnant. I'm like, but I can't get pregnant. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, like choking up, not even knowing what to say to her. And she's like, you're eight weeks pregnant. Um, and I'm like, what do you mean eight weeks? And I'm like trying to like process, process all of this. And um, she's just sitting there like glowing and smiling, like so happy to tell me. And I just start like I, I wasn't even I wasn't crying or anything. Like I just sat there and I think she could just see it in my face that I'm like, what? And um, she's like, are you OK? And you know, when somebody asks you, like, are you OK? And that just makes you cry. Oh, well, yeah. So she's like, are you OK? And I'm like, Man, I just start like bawling, crying and um she was just super excited and stuff. So I, I'm walking out of there, like, <laughs> like on a cloud, like I'm like, what's happening? And, um, surprise. Yeah. And, and Nick calls me as soon as I, like I get in the car and I'm still bawling my eyes out. So I can't answer the phone because he's going to be like, why are you bawling your eyes out? And I finally, I call him back and, um, he's like, Hey, uh, you know what I was thinking? Uh, do you think you could be pregnant? And I'm like, what the heck? Like, why would he ask me that right now? And he hasn't asked me this in years uh-huh. at that point. Like, no, I haven't. Uh, no, it's because I was out. Are you like psychic? <laughs> I might be. I might have a little a talent. A prophet, a psychic, tarot. <laughs> no, it's because I was at work and I knew she had, I knew she's been feeling like that. And I knew she had a doctor's appointment. I knew what happened at the doctor's appointment. I knew they were sending her for an ultrasound. So the day she went for the ultrasound, I'm at work and I, I had a minute or whatever. So I was like, I'm going to call her to see how it went. And before that, I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, she's nauseous. She's like, she like, she has all the symptoms. Right. But that has never crossed our head in years, obviously mm-hmm. about pregnancy. So I call her be like, Hey, how'd your, uh, how'd your um, appointment go? And she's like, well, you know how they are. They just tell you to follow up with the doctor. And I was like, Hey, random question you think you could be pregnant and she's like no you're dumb what do you think you know? i was like okay i was just i was just a question you were wanting to like have a moment yeah i, I like i was processing everything and then uh-huh. he like guessed it and you ruined it out of nowhere the surprise i didn't i'm just she's, kidding yeah, i didn't I, I did it didn't cross my mind but it you was just, just hadn't a- asked me that in years and i'm like why did oh you ask me that right now like so it just tripped me out and um <sighs> He's like, oh, I don't know. Do you think like maybe just go get a test? I'm like, why would I waste money on another pregnancy test? And at that point, I'm just trying to be negative Nancy so that I don't give anything away because he can read me like a book. And so um, I'm just like, oh, I'll talk to you later. I'll see you when you know at home. And so here I am driving home crying. And actually, I drove straight to CVS because I still didn't believe her. Um I wouldn't either. And I'm like, this can't be real. I need to get a pregnancy test. So I go to CVS. I get a pregnancy test. 
I go to my mom's house and I'm like trying to be in and out because I know she's going to be able to tell that something's up with me. Um, and I did the pregnancy test really quick in the bathroom by myself and it said it was, and I'm like, I got to do a blood test. Like this isn't, <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't true. This isn't right. Um, so I go home. Um, then he gets home and. Yeah, I get home and like she said, I can read this woman like a book. She, she, she cannot hide her emotions or her feelings because mm-hmm. she wears them on her face. So I get home and she's sitting on the couch and her, she looks like she's been crying and I'm like, what's wrong? And she's like, nothing. I'm like, don't tell me nothing. Something's wrong. I can tell. And, and right away I was like, what happened at the doctor? Like I asked her and she's like, well, they did an ultrasound. I was like, I know that Anna. And she's like, well, they found something. And like, <laughs> and like in my head, I'm like oh thinking God. like the worst. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, like cancer. <laughs> like what the heck did they find? Like it's a little dramatic. Yeah. Like here we are. I found a car in my ear. <laughs> yeah. So like oh I'm gosh. thinking the worst right away. And then um, she, she goes, she's like, I'm pregnant. And I was like, no, you're not. And she's like, yes, I am. I'm like, shut up. And she's like, yeah. She's like, Nick, they did the ultrasound and she's, she found a baby. She told me I'm pregnant. And like, at that point I still didn't kind of believe her. And like, she pulls this pregnancy test, like out of her pocket and she gives it to me. And I was just like, I was just like, I don't even know what I was feeling. I was just like shocked, shocked. Cause yeah. you had given up that hope. Yeah. I was just completely shocked. And like, obviously like super emotional. We had put all that behind us already. Like whenever we decided to adopt, it was just like, we went in 2000% and I, I can truly say like, I'd never, once we got Bubba, like I felt total fulfillment and I just didn't feel like I needed to have like a biological baby after that. And so I really let it go. Like I, I didn't think about it anymore. I didn't, it didn't stress me out to think like, could I still, could I be pregnant? You know, am I going to get pregnant? Like it was just, I didn't, not that I didn't want to get pregnant. I just, I didn't want to anymore. I didn't really care if I did or didn't because I already had my kids at that point. Um, So getting that information and then telling me this, I'm like, I already let that part of my life go. Like I already let that go. And so for it to come, like come back, and for it to be happening, it was just. So you went from 0% chance to three babies in a very short amount of time. Yes. Basically. With, oh my so gosh. they were. They're all two years apart. Yes. They're all two years apart. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was four, two. And then I was pregnant. Three kids and you're, and they are beautiful children. All three of them. Thank they're you. so funny they're wild i mean they're more wild than others yes yes (laughs) but i love it they're you have three baby three kids like it's there's so much more that we're not going to get a chance to get to today but i would i hope to invite you guys back because um one to talk about like the family dynamics with three children and two their eldest child um, Bubba. is special needs. Is that, is that the correct term? He has autism. Autism. Is that categorized as special needs? 
Yes. yes. Okay. That's what I thought. I just want to make sure that I was being appropriate. Um, he has autism and oh my gosh, there's so much that I want to like go into, but I know this is a whole other hour conversation. So do you guys mind if I have you guys back? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like when we talk about autism, I want to really give it what it deserves, all of the research and what everything there's that you so guys bring to, to the there's table. There's so much to it. Yeah. And so I just want to make sure that I provide a good resource for people because I don't want it to re- be rushed. So I'll, we're going to come back to that. So people, you're going to have to come back for like a part two <laughs> with Nick and Anna. <laughs> really though, because there's so many things that you guys to so many layers to your stories. I mean, this is literally three completely different children in different ways. And you guys are remarkable parents. And like, I, it's so you don't know, like they're your babies. And like, I know there's a lot of people because even I've had that I've asked you before, like when you adopt your child, is it weird? Do you actually feel connected? And like, yes, for you, when I see you guys, like I would never know that you have a biological child and adopted children. I wouldn't know. Like they are so well blended into our family and you're like, mm-hmm. you guys just do a remarkable job. I don't know. And I just love to see you guys be parents and it. I'm going to cry again because I just <laughs> cry all the time, but I don't know. I just think that it families come in so many different ways and it's inspiring because we're still on our journey. We don't know what's going to happen. And I just know that whatever like our life looks like, you guys are going to be people I've called crying already to. I'm having a bad day. Am I ever going to be a mom? Like, you know, and so just knowing that you guys have like your family that was meant to be your family. God just, you can't write, you can't make stuff up like that. All of the heartache led to your babies. And it, I don't know, it just blows my mind. So I'm for sure going to have to have you guys back on because it's just too juicy. (laughs) But I love you guys both and talk soon. Thank you.